We're going. We're alive. I guess we should probably introduce ourselves, huh? Yeah. Probably say a little something about. Well, I was wondering how to start our first podcast episode. I thought we would have a cool script or something. <laughs> we don't have any of that. None of that. Free I'm ball. Jake, and that's Josh with me here. Mm-hmm. Otherwise known as Cradle and the Convert. Yeah, that's our... Um, that's who we are. <laughs> that's the tagline. That, that's the tagline. That is our self-proclaimed title. Self-proclaimed. So, so geniusly conjured by our, our boy Jake Weldon here. Yes, I am a convert. Not officially yet. In a couple months. Soon to be. Soon to be. Soon to be. But we're sitting out here at the same table. We're outside our house right now on the roof. About a month ago? Mm-hmm. And our friend Chris started recording his phone and said that we should make a podcast. Not Josh and I. And then Josh looked at me and he's like, hey, man, we should actually do that. We should actually try it. So and here we are. Here we are. And so, uh... So what are we talking about today, Josh? Today I thought we would, uh, just chat a little bit about love and responsibility, you know? We'll care what's you action. Yeah. I don't know. So this is actually something, I guess, to give a little insight into, like, Jake and I's relationship is that... He has always, and especially with his conversion, been asking questions about the faith and, like, trying to make sense of all these things that are taught. And, like, something that's really encouraging to me is somebody who doesn't just jump into something and say, like, you know what, I believe all this without giving it some thought. And, and Jake is actually really, really good about just, like, working through things, making sure he, like, recognizes the logic behind things before just adopting them into his own belief set. So one of the things that was brought up quite frequently quite frequently, is like how we are to relate to one another and like how we are to love one another properly. And I just thought, you know what? You know who has some good things to say about this? Your boy JP too, you know? I can't remember when I first... We were in the kitchen whenever I first asked you about... Yeah. Cause I, I think I, I like heard about the book and I didn't really know what it was about. Yeah. But I saw it in your room and asked it was you this what. Year, yeah. Yeah. The first semester, and then I asked mm-hmm. you what, like I guess, well, what the main takeaway you got was. Yeah. <laughs> you said, well, it's like the, I think you said the degree to which you love somebody is the the degree that you feel responsible for them. Right. And now I'm almost done with the book now, but having read it, I think it's, I think it's definitely changed how I relate to people, mm-hmm. just in general. Not, it's mainly about like marriage and how you relate like man to woman, woman to man. But I think there's a lot of takeaways for just friendships in general and even just a relationship with Christ, like what it means, especially because we'll kind of get into what we've learned from it. But one of the, like the, the main theses, I guess, is that like when it comes down to it, love is an objective choice. And I've found several times, like, whenever I didn't want to pray or something, it's like, yeah, you don't have those feelings. Like, you're not always feeling consolation or something, but you can still mm-hmm. make the decision, like, okay, I'm going to go to adoration, yeah. I'm going to pray. And to me, I mean, that's just been rewarding in general. Yeah, and, and also, like, those subjective components to love, those feelings, those emotions and stuff, not to view them as love itself, but as kind of, like, a gift from the Lord. To say that, like... It, I don't know. So one of the things that often, like, 
I guess the world you could say or like modern culture says is that like love is the feeling of like another person's presence or like the feeling that that you get whenever you're around them or like some sort of utilitarian thing where you like receive some sort of consolation from another person and therefore that's <coughs> love or whatever but that those sorts of consolations are actually bestowed by God the Father onto the person as a sort of gift as as a blessing um, but that our call to love is actually as you were saying like an act of the will, an act of free will. And it's interesting too, well just, like, take like a, like you hear in like a, any, like, you're dating somebody and then you get married. Obviously it doesn't happen that quickly. But like, <laughs> that's like the logical sequence. But like, like whenever you first start like talking to somebody, and like you always have like the first like, long conversation or something and yeah. like you like feel butterflies and it's like oh this is so fun and everything and it kind of comes to a point where it's like ah, like like i see this person yeah, and yeah, yeah. and like yeah like you you love them but it's like you're not necessarily like getting butterflies and like wanting to spend every second with them and like it, a lot of times it's at that point where you're like wow i don't like i don't love this person anymore but then you're like what what is love what does it mean and I don't know, cause it is like it's it's a verb, and it's like you're actually doing something. Right. And I was actually, <laughs> I was thinking the other day, um, like whenever you say, like after reading the book, which I had to like rethink about it. Whenever you say I love you, it's like, like you think of like caveman talk, mm -hmm. and it's like like I give you, like I. I take you or something. <laughs> it's like it's like a verb. And so thinking about love is like like actually yeah, it's like it's like I like saying I love you is like not like the feeling but it's like I'm okay, like I'm making the decision to love you now. Right. But I don't know. That's just how I was thinking for like a couple weeks after reading yeah. it, but you get the fuller picture. Yeah, no, but like yeah, so he's like sets it up like JP two has to like kind of distinguish or I guess he was Carol too at the time he wrote Love and Responsibility. Um, but he kind of sets it up as like acknowledging that there's different ways in which we like can treat things of this world or the things that we like are external to us and that there's like obviously different levels or degrees of being between like you've got your your objects which have no soul but then he, he distinguishes that those things with life or animate things have souls so he says like there's the vegetative soul there's the sensible soul and then there's finally ultimately within the human person the rational soul and to say that there are different ways in which we ought to be relating to those things based off of what they are or based off of the souls in which they have um so saying that like yes we go throughout our days and we use objects you know it's proper to use objects for what they are meant to do you know it's proper to utilize animals for our own consumption as well um specific like because in genesis god gives adam dominion over the animals of the earth and and so like we can pull from there and like yeah he just sets it up so beautifully like to talk about how like ultimately like there's this kind of gradient scale up until the pinnacle which is like how mankind is to act in response to other men, other like men or yeah. other people um in which he ultimately sets up in what's called like the personalistic norm the personalistic norm being that the only like proper disposition towards another be human being and the only proper way in which we can treat them is through love through the lens of love and what that means you know and like that we can't have the same mentality we have towards objects 
towards other human beings um, because that's just that's just not proper to their dignity and it's just like I think he says as well in kind of the introductory m remarks that it's it's based off of uh, the understanding that we're made in the image and likeness of God which has many like strings attached to it you know like yeah a lot of people simplify image of like the image and likeness of God to uh, our free will and our rational spirit but I've heard other people say that it's like our ability to commune with one another to be in community um, but yeah ultimately that that is the symbol of our dignity that we are called to the divine life and that through our loving of one of no one another we come more more intimately in communion with God as well who dwells within us so I don't know yeah. So I feel like we should. I don't know. Love and responsibility is <laughs> such like a thick. Oh, bro! Thick. I wanted to. I was reading through. The, there was like a point where I was just like. Oh, you have the good book with all. All the annotations. Yeah, Josh. Yeah. Josh gave me his, his <laughs> copy of Love and Responsibility. That I, I don't know how long I so had. So we it. like doubled up yeah, on annotations. Yeah. So like, he has his. On the inside cover, what does it say? John Frusati Book Award. Oh. <laughs> from high yeah. school. For Saudi Catholic High School. Ethics and Culture Department. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, anyway, so now the book school, is man. like riddled with annotations and everything. <laughs> it's perfect to read. And then I had to give it up so I could get my own copy from Amazon. <laughs> and I have like one underline in it and I hate it. <laughs> now the book is so much worse because <laughs> I don't have all the, all the annotations in it. But yeah, so let's like, I feel like we're s sitting in front of the Summa. <laughs> um... Trying to think, I encourage everyone. <laughs> I feel like we're talking to a big audience. Yeah, I know. We might, like, 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 like honestly, we're viewers. just like, like it's weird. <laughs> I'm talking to a microphone right now. Like, <laughs> anyways, there's just like a certain level of awkwardness that's going to be in the first. I know, yeah. But anyways, right. you can get used to it or whatever. So, I guess you do get used to it. Yeah. So you have this book here. How? So how is it? Like, what's the logical sequence to kind of, like... Because I, I really do believe that... Understanding... And he, like, he breaks it down so sequentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, so, like, the first... What is the first sentence of the book is, like, the world is made up of object, objects or something. And then he goes into, like, what Josh was talking about. The first meaning of the verb to use. Mm-hmm. Second meaning. So, explain... You talked about, like vegetative life yeah everything so let's take a step back like what what are we looking at as far as like things that we can use things that we can love like wh what are those things and like as right as separate from like human beings like what makes us different yeah so right in the, in this first like introductory he talks about like the difference between subjects and objects and that victory um what? You said introductory. <laughs> <laughs> now I have to put the E in there. Introductory. <laughs> introductory. Introductory. Yeah, come on. Speaking of that duct tape we done solved. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he talks about like the difference between subjects and objects and that an object is something that is external to the subject, which would be the individual. So um, that an object, um, which has to first come under some sort of uh, sense appetite that is held within the subject. So, um, and this is a big, oh, I can't remember who okay, actually I'm, says this. You're kind of, 
I know, like, I understand they're trying to lose me. Okay, so... so we need sense dummy th- terms here. <laughs> so the sense appetites are, like, your ability to touch, taste, feel, hear, smell. Yeah. And am I missing any? I don't know. But those are, your, like, your senses. So the way in which we... Taste. Taste. That's a big one. That's a big one right there. No, but, like, the way in which we come to acquire knowledge about the world around us about reality is through these senses and like if you think about it there's nothing you've ever learned in your life like there's nothing that's in your head right now that hasn't been brought about by your senses right like think about it you went to class and like your teachers spoke truths to you and some of it stuck in your brain and that was through hearing right Um, sometimes you get to like use your hands and like maybe work on a car change the oil or something and like you learn like through touch that like this wrench has this like smoothness and this coldness to it or something like that um but that all of this is like like objects things that are external to the subject can be perceived and that they can actually be reasoned through and like that's how that's how we start too like yeah i guess babies are always like sucking things and grabbing things and it's like and as we make more sense of the world like 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 i'm not going around like like I'm not sucking on this microphone because I'm like, what is this? Like, like, like you know what? Th- you know what I mean? It's like, like yeah, just like, 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 ASMR already. But like, I don't know. It's like you make you kind of take like you come into this world. I don't. There, maybe there's some of that in theology of the body. I don't know. Yeah. I'm starting. I ordered that on Prime. Should be here tomorrow. Now. But yeah, it's like so we come in some blank slate action like we don't know anything mm-hmm. and we're just little babies and we don't really know anything like remembered to our three but like still we're just like like gathering this information like okay like what is this what is that and anyways i'm babbling now Maybe. so so we come to this i'm just trying to logically walk this through so we know that like we we gather everything through our through our senses mm-hmm. now what's so where do we go from there all right so once we have things like or I guess you could say, like, data from your senses, like, then we start, like, making connections, and, like, we start interpreting things, and we start, like, saying, like, oh, this thing feels like this, and, like, I can kind of see that it looks like this, um, so I'm going to assume that another thing that I see that looks similar is also going to feel like that, and yeah. so... And that's not unique to humans, right? Like, right, that's, so that's, classical. that's not specifically unique to hu- yeah. humans, and, and he goes... Kerwatiwa also explains later that um, something that is distinguishes animals from from humans is our ability of introspection, and that like yeah, a monkey will never know why like to hide in this dark thing that is casted off a tree, like why it's cooler there than it is to stand out in the sunlight. They'll never be able to make the distinction between like the rays of light which are hitting the earth from a sun which is like the celestial being up in the sky that like they can't like grasp that concept and that there's such a rift between humans and animals is specifically in the realm of rationale and of of the intellect that there must be like some sort of some sort of distinction between the two at the very core of their being which is what he he explains is like our souls so i guess that's like the different because in and have you re- you've not read maps of meaning Mm-mm. jordan peterson no. that's like his main his first book but like in the first chapter 
which it's right inside. I'm not going to grab it, though. But basically, like, he talks about... This is... That's related. It's, like, it's basically how <clears throat> you have, like, the empirical world. He's kind of talking about, like, the... I guess, like, faith and reason, like, mm-hmm. kind of coming together. But, like, he uses an example. And, like, there's this little girl. And she's going and touching this, like, crystal vase. And to her, like, she doesn't know what it is. Like, it just has, like... She's like it's shiny. She wants to touch it to kind of see what it is. Yeah. But then her mom runs in and she's like yelling at her, whatever. Don't touch that base. And so the girl is like, not only is she gathering like the objective properties of the base, but also she's like she's attaching meaning mm-hmm. and like there's a certain like emotional and I, like what you call spiritual valence to it. Right. So I guess like like a monkey wouldn't do that. Right. Well, because like you, you, you can like meaning. train dogs, you know, like and you can associate like specific tones of voices to like dogs behavior and stuff. So it could be like, yeah, ass- I guess. But so the, the human would maybe ask like or at least develop like why? Yeah. Why questions? The why questions. Mm-hmm. But a dog. He's just like, oh. You know, like, <laughs> like, you're not asking why. He's like, OK, like, I'm, yeah, but it's still a very objective thing because he's like he just associates like that if he goes up and licks a vase, he associates that with being yelled at and being like, right. I don't know what dogs are thinking exactly, but yeah. but it's, it, there's not like a spiritual side to it. It's just like the, uh, yeah. And the, like, Pavlov, I think love Pavlovian, yeah. Pavlov, the pa- it's just the Pavlovian response, <laughs> <laughs> whatever you would call it. Uh, yeah, no, but that's like one of the things that is not necessarily gone into at the beginning of love and responsibility but that like i've heard is like the different um abilities of the soul are that like while humanity has free will um animals have what's called instinct which is their like things that we might like appear to be acts of free will or like the reason why the dog doesn't run away when it has the opportunity to and like why it sticks to its family a lot of people would be like Oh, it's because my puppy, he just loves me so much. Like, he just loves me more than anything in the world. Like, and, but, like. So, that's the thing, you, like, I've heard if you die, like, a cat will eat you. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I, well, you know, have you heard that? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah like, I don't know what they actually do. Die. Like, I can't imagine my little cat, like, actually eating oh me. Oh, my gosh. Was it that? Oh, there was, like, an SNL skit, and it was, like, it's, like, cats cats would be like vicious animals and and like prey on you because they're descendants of lions but instead they just wait for you to die of loneliness or something like that (laughs) yeah no but like yeah people often mistake um instinct in animals to free will which is like i guess an understandable mistake you know because it's kind of like it looks like they're acting of their own accord and like but it's actually that they're only acting in their self-interest. Like, so the reason the dog doesn't run away is because that's where food is. Well, what you know, that's where warmth is. That's where those tasty treat, the begging strips or whatever. What about product placement? By the way, we're getting paid for that. <laughs> <laughs> what about um, like elephants? You know, yeah. Like they have like a little. I don't know what you call it, like a. I don't know if you call it a baby elephant or puppy. Whatever it is, <laughs> I don't think so. Anyway, like if an elephant dies, like the elephant will actually go back to where that elephant died and like mm-hmm. like hang out there yeah you know like there's yeah. no reason for that like why would they yeah if it's just like i guess you couldn't really call it self-interest right you, if it's like they don't have free will hmm. 
Cause, I mean, animals are smart and like they make. So, is it the inner life? It's he says it's the inner life. Yeah, that, here let me, let distinguishes. me Yeah, let me flip to this because yeah, that's a good point. So there's kind of like a gray area there, um, with like what is instinct and like what is all that, but um. But it's a noticeable difference. Like you're not gonna sit there, even like the smartest animal. If you could speak elephant, you're not gonna have a conversation. Yeah. They're smart, but they're dumb too. Okay. Yeah. So here. This is on page 22. Um, he says... I'm just, like, randomly the... flipping through this. It looks, <laughs> it looks like I'm, like, looking for something. I'm just, like... It's the thir- third paragraph about midway through. Speaking figuratively, we can say that the person as a subject is distinguished from even the most advanced animals by a specific inner self and inner life characteristic only of persons. So, yeah, intro- introspection is confined <laughs> in its unique to humanity so our ability to look back on our day and say like lord where did i fail like like the examination of conscience that like we make at the end of each day is kind of like something that's uniquely like or like given to humanity our ability to see our faults and like to recollect on the day's events and see see like kind of that ripple effect do you remember the spirit night where uh father tom was talking about like purgatory and how like we'll see the ripple (coughs) effect of our actions and stuff oh yeah that like animals can never see past like like that you know yeah because he goes on to so he he talks about specific inner self inner life but you're like okay what does that mean and then Mm -hmm. so like the next paragraph he says inner life means spiritual life and Mm. one thing that actually i don't know if i put it in there no you didn't annotate it well so inner life means spiritual life it revolves around truth and goodness, is what mm-hmm. he says. Yeah. I was, so I guess that's it's kind, kind of, of like... It's a jump, though. It is a jump. Yeah. Well, it's like... Like, in Romans, I think chapter 2, whenever it's talking about, like, uh, like all the heedlessness or whatever. And then it... Or maybe it's after a different chapter. Anyways, but it's like, those who live by the law will be judged by the law. But those who don't live by the law will be judged by the law that's written in their hearts and their conscience bearing witness to what's right and wrong. Mm. And so their conscience accuses or else defends them. Yeah. So it's like, I guess everyone, every human being kind of like, no, like no one is, everyone knows what like goodness is. Yeah. Like everyone wants to be good. Even right. if you don't really know why. Like yeah, you can just be the most like. on your heart. Yeah. Like, like you have a desire for it. I, like I, that's not like ev- like an evolutionary thing. Yeah. Like I don't think chimps are kind of like focusing on the goodness, the goodness like of their. Maybe no. like they're focusing on the preservation of species. Yeah. And so, so that like that prompts them to behave in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Like the chimps aren't going to go around like killing everybody in their clan because they want to preserve the species in a certain way. Yeah. But they're less like inhibited to. Like murder somebody, even like I- if it makes sense to, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Like if I'm, like I'm going and doing the internship this summer, and like if it's not gonna happen, but say I'm like like sh- trying to get this like really good position or something, yeah. And there's one other person. If I wanted that position, <laughs> <laughs> see you, you later. Enough, <laughs> like like I'll I could just kill him, you and then it's like there's no one else. Work there's, yeah, <laughs> there's no one else. But like. 
I feel like every single person like they understand that there's there's some sort of like goodness and even just yeah. like a sanctity to life. Well, yeah. even that's like a uh, an argument that a lot of theists use against atheists is to say that like that exact like sentiment there that like you would never kill somebody for a position in a workplace or something like that 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 like inhibitive thing that's like placed on the hearts of all people is merely understood through the context of empathy or that it's like some sort of like atheists would say that it's just empathy that keeps you from doing that not that there's like some natural law that's like overriding all of our abilities to like act and do whatever we want or like to be the ubermensch that freud wants us all to be which is to overcome all of these like sort of he thinks culturally imposed like maxims within within ourselves but um that like it's actually like something that's granted from the lord above that he like ordered the world in such a way into which we can actually come to know his will through the means of this natural law but like everybody would kind of like or not everybody i guess eight like one some of the more intellectual atheists will say that it's just empathy or it's just like we have the ability or like the because there's been like research and studies on like like your spouse will receive some sort of shock and then like you'll also feel that reaction or like yeah like much more so in like women apparently that they'll feel much more than men will but but still there's like this ability within mankind but i think that's like i think that's just like a step below the ultimate answer which is that like god desires us to live in a certain way according to certain like truths and like that this will bring us to happiness and that that it's not necessarily false to say that like we have empathy towards one another and that that somehow like keeps us from doing terrible terrible things but that that empathy is also placed within the the hearts of mankind by god to lead us to the ultimate truth which is that obedience to god is like one of the greatest loves that like we can ever participate in you know yeah and that's i mean it's that's a good that's good news yeah because like if there's i mean if the inner spiritual life is revolving around truth and goodness and that like truth and goodness it seems so like abstract Mm -hmm. but i mean like the like there's objective truth and like there is like there in a sense like there's objective goodness yeah and that's i mean like the lives of the saints and like just gifts of the spirit like allow us to like to live according to that law right and it's i mean it's not like that's kind of the am i wrong but like that's the point of christ coming is like you had the the old testament law that like no one could really follow Mm -hmm. but then like christ fulfilling that law and like the new law is to love your neighbor as yourself love or love the lord your god with all your heart soul mind and love your neighbor as yourself and it's like it's just a different approach to it. Yeah. And that's the fulfillment of, of all those things. The Anyways. Hmm. So. Yeah, and then like. I don't know if we, <laughs> we made a good <laughs> distinction between human <laughs> beings and, and animals. animals. But, like, I don't know. One. Like, you know, it's like, deep, you know. It's like this depth or whatever. Like, even our ability to just talk about this kind of stuff. Yeah. Is like, like, are you going to lo- like, you're not talking about with a dog. No, you don't like, have like dolphins that are like, and they're just like truth good yeah goodness beauty you know that's not like what they're doing and we, like we talk about chimps yeah. like like those are the probably the, the closest the closest yeah. to us like i don't think any of them are having these conversations <laughs> right now <laughs> maybe they are somewhere <laughs> but like well they're not yeah you know what i mean it's like there's a very distinct obvious 
spiritual difference between a human being mm-hmm. and an animal. So what does that bring us to as far as, um, so I guess kind of like there's a difference between, and I mean, there's an obvious difference between like a chair and a blue whale. Yeah. Like there's different ways to relate to life in general. And so like we can use these objects like right now we're using a computer, we're using a microphone, we're using a table. But like we can use them however we want. Mm-hmm. As long as it's not like defiling to our own selves and it's like okay, that's fine. Yeah. But like with cattle, like if you're on a farm and he talks about this in here too, it's like you can use animals for your own benefit as long as you're not just like like for no reason harming them right because they're still even yeah because even like though a step up after that, yeah even yeah. though like they don't have spiritual introspective lives like it's it's still life yeah and so there's a certain like disposition and respect to have for life mm-hmm. and so I, I guess what are like there's just like three categories i guess like yeah. they're just inanimate the objects mm-hmm. oh vegetative yes yeah, so, so there's three souls for for like living things but then if we're going into the realm of like objects as well i would say there's like yeah because there's kind of like a tier system we've got going right i feel like like if we understand the tier system we can kind of move from there yeah Yeah, move from there so like i'm all about objective practical things i don't i don't like wishy-washy no yeah So so like we've got objects at the bottom right so objects and then i think is there's nothing in between objects and like plants right well, is vegetative life talking about plants? Plants, yeah. Okay, yeah. I was kind of—I didn't know if that was like a word for something. <laughs> like, Just vegetable. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, I was thinking like vegetative. <laughs> what does that mean? So I guess it is. So objects, Carrots like and plants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then, like green things. Right, and the reason we say they have life is because they grow and they like produce fruit and like all of this stuff and like. Yeah. Some people they they refer to it as like the ability to take in nutrients or something like that. I think this is Aristotelian. I'm pretty sure it's Aristotle who kind of makes these distinctions and says that, like... And it's interesting, There's too. a lot of Aristotelian things in this book, anyways. Yeah, like, yeah, so it's good to have that framework. But, like, it's really interesting, too, because all of the characteristics of the soul previous are, like, contained within... <laughs> that was just the biggest puff. <laughs> so, yeah. Jake smoking a cigarette, that's why. (laughs) (laughs) But there's like all of the characteristics of the soul that is kind of like the tier down are contained within the tier up. So like all of the characteristics of a sensitive soul are found within the rational soul. Okay. So that like instinct is actually fulfilled and found in the rational soul through free will. Or that it's kind of like placed on its on its proper pedestal or whatever. Um and you can see that in an evolutionary sense, just in, like, like how you have lizards that have, like, the brainstem and, like, a limbic system, or... I don't know if they have that or what. But, like, like human beings have this massive forebrain. Yeah. And it's, like... Like, it's not, like, this, just the addition of more brain mass gives you no, an inner yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, obviously, that's... There's, like, a jump. There's a significant it's, Yeah. Jump. It's not even a jump, really. It's just, like, a... Like, I guess, like, it's the implanting of a soul. Yeah. And, like, that's... Like what Genesis is talking like whenever God breathes life into yeah into human being like it's just not even from the earth right it's like it's a very right. supernatural type thing no yeah it's 
and that's why like as Catholics we don't think that like evolution is necessarily like completely false you know but like we take what what science has to, to tell us and, and we say that like yeah this doesn't do away with the necessity of divine intervention within the evolutionary course of humanity you know yeah um, but yeah so like we got the objects the vegetative souls the sensitive soul which is referring to like animals so this this is kind of like saying that on top of like the vegetative soul they now have like the ability to sense things and to like react to like external stimuli and stuff and like i always wonder like about the things on the fringes like the venus fly trap you know like what's that thing all about like is that a, does that have a vegetative soul a i feel like it's soul, yeah it's like, just like a, it really is like a, a spectrum until you get to human beings yeah and it's like I mean, th- th- that's whenever you talk about like the equal like you can talk about like from animals to like different levels of complexity for i mean plants and the different levels of complexity for animals like mm-hmm. like a fish versus a chimp like there's a like a different depth yeah. of the life that's intrinsic to it but then you get to a human being and there's not like it's different leaps and le- well, it's not like but like once you get to the human being it's like it's not different um like there's not a spectrum of like value and spiritual life mm-hmm. like every single human being has that soul and like has the capability of like this the same like introspective life and the same contemplative life right you know what i mean yeah and so like that's also kind of like where we get into just like just the innate like dignity and value of human beings no matter like, like if you're just a like homeless person that's dirty and itchy and have sores all over you like the leper and everything like mm-hmm like that life is not less valuable mm-hmm. because like the value comes from just like that intrinsic, the intrinsic soul and everything. Yeah. And like JP two speaks to like, um, some of the intrinsic characteristics of the soul, uh, like specifically the free will talking about how like it's like non transferable and that like nobody else can want for you. And that's kind of like his, his, identification of the uniqueness of each person's individual will saying it's not like a collective human will or that like because like we do live in community and like communities follow certain patterns like if one person starts doing another like something like it's more likely that the person in the community will start doing that thing as well but that's not to negate the fact that we all have our own individual wills because nobody else can want something for you like i can want my friend to convert to catholicism as bad as humanly possible i can want that as hard i can pray and intercede on his behalf as hard as i possibly can but ultimately god has to come and change his heart and and like that nobody can want that like that conversion for him but that he has to make a decision for himself i mean like i feel like i'm the perfect example of that like yeah like just because like i remember our first conversation last oh do you remember alec from the first conversation that we had like the first real conversation, I guess, at the brother's house oh, around the fire. the fire. Oh, around the fire. That was yeah. Ian. Ian. No, well, Ian was there too, but Alec was there also. Big guy oh, with the beard. Oh, yeah, yeah, super yeah, yeah, good yeah. Looking. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm working with him now. He works. Are you the, really? Is yeah. The bookstore? I mean, the uh, car company. Yeah, the warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the warehouse sounds a lot cooler than a bookstore because it is not a bookstore. I don't know why I had in my mind like you sold books along with the cards and no, stuff. But. No, but anyway, so like. <coughs> What was my point in that? Uh, you were asking so many, like, good questions and, like... Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I was a- asking so many questions. Like, it was nothing that 
I mean, uh, like things that you said and Ian said and Alex said, like, and just even like in the whole, I guess, it really is like kind of from my first like sophomore year of high school, like, why don't you believe in the Eucharist? Like from that moment, whenever I was like, wow, like contemplating truth and like, like, what do I believe? Mm-hmm. And like, like it took four years, like nothing that like nobody could have explained the Eucharist to me. No one could have explained the sacraments to me because it is a mystery. And it, it was just like sitting there in prayer that that sort of like that what would you call it like it's just it's a gift like mm-hmm. this like that that revelation yeah and so like that the transference of wills like like you were saying like you can want that for people but like ultimately it is like in the spiritual contemplative life that you like these truths are revealed the truth and the goodness yeah which I mean it, man it's a beautiful thing yeah that is a beautiful thing yeah, I know. Like, oh man, God is good. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot in this. First, I know. Uh, so we're just about to hit the first meaning of the verb to use, which. Uh, what was that first? We didn't really talk about the first no. section exactly, but. No, we just. That's kinda, we're just kind of going through we're it. Going like, through it, you know. We started. We got. We got a decent chunk. We got through. Yeah. Distinctions of the souls. We haven't really introduced ourselves either. Oh no. So who? You want to wrap that up? <laughs> well, I I just like. I feel like any anyone who's listening is wondering who the heck is talking to him right now. <laughs> yeah. So okay. Josh, you were born in Houston. I was actually yeah, so a little bit outside of Houston in Beaumont. Moved around actually quite a bit. I don't know if we we've, we've talked about it a little bit, but uh, I was born in Beaumont, lived there for a couple years, then I moved to Baton Rouge, Louisiana. You. Ten- <coughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> like it's the uncut version. <laughs> Yeah, it was like, what was it, ten, like 10 minutes from Death Valley near LSU's campus. And um, after that, I moved to Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia. And then after that, a few more years, I moved up to Fairfax, Virginia. And then I made the big old circle back down to Houston, Texas. Why did you move so much? Uh, my dad's job. So my dad works for ExxonMobil. Mm. And, like, their headquarters was up in Virginia. And, like, we moved to Houston after they transferred the headquarters there. Yeah. Um, and so <coughs> now, but now I'm in Tallahassee, so I guess that's the, we're making our second circle around the, yeah. this side of the uh, country. That's where we are. And what's, uh, so you're a diver, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Is that your trade? <laughs> my trade, yeah, that's yeah. my occupation as of currently. Yeah, student, you're an engineering student. Yeah. And preparing for the Olympics. That's what Josh is doing. Olympic trials. We're Olympic trials. Olympic trials. Heading to Tokyo, right? <laughs> Heading to Tokyo soon. The Olympic trials will be held in Indianapolis, Indiana. <laughs> and then. And then. Tokyo, right? We'll see yeah. what happens after that. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh, that's on the docket for this year. It's exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Jake, he is a Gulf Breeze. Yeah, native. Pensacola. Beach boy. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> Born and raised Pensac- <coughs> in Pensacola. I feel like this is the I hardest part for both of us. I know. I, I, hate, I hate talking about myself. <laughs> yeah. I kind of like just the. I just want to do like an uncut yeah. thing. I actually, if we end up like posting this, 
I don't want to listen to it. Back. No, just I just, like, I just, just like, get it out. Yeah, yeah, I just want to <laughs> just do so it and just put it so out. Quickly. Yeah, like I would listen to the first word and be like, okay. I, I, I know the first five minutes were just like weird. <laughs> like, I didn't know how to. It's just, yeah. That's know. just something people are going to have to look past. Yeah. Well, they'll probably all, s- we probably wouldn't have any listeners by now. <laughs> everyone's like, everyone's already cut it <laughs> yeah, off. Yeah, I know. So if you made it this far. Well done. You're welcome to the team because well I, I probably would have gotten off already. <laughs> so now's your cue. <laughs> just go ahead and hang it up now. Um, so, I can't. so I, I mean, really, we could sit here and talk about the entire book, but like. Yeah. Taking her piece by piece is like most yeah. beneficial because there's like, just so much to talk about yeah. within just like those first twenty pages, you know. It, like every single sentence, you can kind of, yeah, like talk for a long time about. I mean, basically, where we're at now though is just like that distinction between like objects and just like life in general, and then ultimately like we now we're, we're in the right mindset of how do you relate to a human being? Yeah. So and not only a human right. being, but kind of getting into how do you relate to a human being of the opposite sex. Mm. So for Josh and I, we're both males. So it's how do you relate to, to women? And I mean, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of... It's an art. It's an art. It really is. Just like loving in general. You've got the best tutor in the world. Saint Pope John Paul II. Intercede for us. Indeed, pray for us. What should our sign-off thing be? I don't know. We need to make a little jingle, I think. It's the, cr- it's the cradle <laughs> in the convert. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Signing off. Yeah. So, well, yeah, I guess... So Josh was born and raised Catholic. Oh, yeah, we never explained that. Yeah, I, well, obviously there's, like, conversion that happens, like, throughout the life. Right. So I, we can just briefly talk about, like, where, where yeah. we're coming from, like, why we're doing this even, right. I guess. Yeah. Because the point of it for me, like, I'm, well, I was born and raised non-denominational, and I was baptized in 2016. So I was 16. And then, like I mentioned it earlier, I went to probably, a lot of people know what like Life Teen and Cove Crest is, but I went to one of those camps just because my friends were going, and my small group leader, his name was Nick, and I don't remember one conversation we had, but coming back from the high ropes, he was like, so why don't you believe in the Eucharist? And then, from that point on, I was so, like, I just wanted to defend the Protestant faith, mm. And so I, I was, like, firmly convinced for a while that the Pope was the Antichrist and the church was the whore of Babylon. And, like, <laughs> all, like I was so into, like, end times. And I was, I went to Catholic school, so I was, like, telling my friends about all this kind of stuff. And I kind of shifted into, like, like, actually learning about the church, I guess. And then I came to, to college and just getting involved in the, like, Catholic student union here. And having more of an open mind, I was exposed to, like, just the beauty of the church and, 
what sat with me is like the truth. Mm-hmm. And then that, I don't know, now coming to like kind of praying through everything and coming like, okay, the church is the church that Christ founded. Like this is like his church. I mean, there's just not words for it. Just like how beautiful it is. And how looking back, I mean, like I can just distinctly remember so many like little decisions and little, like like the conversation with Alec and mm-hmm. Ian and this, our conversation at the fire that like that was looking back, it seems so small, but like that was a pivotal moment to getting to where I'm at now. Yeah. And so now I guess the point of like us being here and talking is just like talking through and developing like a deeper appreciation and understanding of the faith in general and especially Pope St. John Paul II, like just his, his teachings of like the truth and how we relate to people. Cause I mean, that it really is just like our interpersonal connections are everything. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's, this, like just this this one conversation that we're having now is I mean like we have a million of them besides like we're just we just decided to record one yeah and I mean like See where I don't know like we're, we're just recording one conversation that we have but like yeah. just the formation and the development of spiritual life is so it's just like having a life kind of like yeah. revolved around that is well, yeah it's beautiful that God places in your life people who are going to draw you closer to himself and and like yeah we've just been able to we've had unique opportunity to lean into that and now we're living in household together so we're able to do stuff like this more frequently and what is household okay so for you our listeners (laughs) sbo which is a national ministry around the united states they do mostly college-based ministry um, and one of the, like... They're from Minnesota. Minnesota. St. Paul. Yeah, St. Paul, Minnesota, based out of there. And um, they send missionaries um, and what are called chapter leaders to uh, specific universities around the country. And they start this thing called SBO Household, which is just an opportunity for those involved within the Catholic Center of that specific university to come and live together and to live into certain practices. So some of the things we do is... Uh, four times a week we'll wake up at about six o'clock in the morning some earlier some like right at 6 15 because we have breakfast that starts at 6 15 and then we'll pray morning prayer together um, until about 7 30 um, and then we'll start our that's how we start off our days and then twice a week we'll also have uh, dinners together just as a just as a community and just to give you a little bit of a an idea or a picture of what that looks like we have currently 10 people living in a single house so we have 10 groggy faces in the morning and uh all have bunk beds yeah we all so like, we're yeah so we we, everybody in, has a room we all sleep in one massive bed yeah <laughs> <laughs> no. yeah so we really like a bunch of hamsters yeah. <laughs> we all bundle up in a single room <laughs> it's just 100 square feet of love <laughs> <laughs> no no but we've all got roommates and um we're actually blessed to have pretty substantial house like with yeah. like enough room and like we're sitting on the roof right now just looking out chilling yeah got a lamp out here Tallahassee I mean, Florida man yeah. I mean like, great like, weather the point like, it's just like Josh and I are just two of the people in this house and like we could 
sit down and we do like have conversations like this regularly and mm-hmm. it's just like you don't really get the opportunity to like just to sit and talk about these sorts of things like, there's not a lot of houses right there's like communities in general that are talking about or that this. are even like conducive to those sorts of conversations they'll just get shut down like immediately. yeah but, and but no yeah we've we've definitely been blessed tremendously to have this opportunity and and we're but we'll live here next year too mm-hmm. maybe not in this particular house but just like in the, in the same community and i mean there's it's just like <clears throat> the people that come here, come through here, kind of, it's like they build a legacy. Like yeah. we, we have guys that have come back for like, there was a wedding this past weekend, the guys came back for it. And it's like, it's just such a, like a uniting brotherhood, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, it really gives you a picture of like culture and like how the people create the culture and like, and how every like unique community is going to have its own culture. And I think I heard it's, who said this? Somebody last year said that like the sum of philosophies equals a culture or something like that. And just to know that we're all united in like the Catholic mentality and that our culture is going to breed that is just, it's a beautiful thing. So, yeah. And I, I guess I feel like everyone in the house is just like compared to you know, like walking on campus or something. I don't want to get too much into just talking about household, but like, I feel like we're noticeably like just, and we are just like more joyous and yeah. like, like have more peace and fulfillment just from not only like the living like a contemplative life in the church, but well, I guess that is kind of <laughs> only what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but like I don't know, it's just like it's a good thing. So maybe I don't know if we'll even record another one of these, but just I guess we're like inviting you into that sort of life in a way mm. and just like inviting you into our conversations mm. you can't really participate in it yet sorry about that maybe yeah. i don't know <laughs> maybe we'll have like a facebook page one day <laughs> ask questions i don't know what's gonna happen here but by now you're all probably wondering when this is gonna end <laughs> <laughs> like these guys have been talking for way too long <laughs> but so I guess that's the end of it. For you think that's all we need to talk yeah. about tonight? We didn't really have an agenda. We literally just pressed play and started talking. Started talking. You, they probably got that. Yeah, yeah. They, you you would probably tell probably whenever tell. we started, and we didn't really know what to say, and it's just awkward. But I don't know. We might not record another one of these for another year. Yeah. But I think we had a good conversation. It was good. It was fun. So, uh, right, well, do you have any closing remarks or anything? No. God bless all of you. God bless you, Jake. Yeah. And yeah. Hail Christ the King. Why don't we end it with a Hail Mary? We can end it with a Hail Mary. Yeah. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother, Mother of God, God, pray for us sinners, sinners now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Father, Spirit. Amen. Good morning, good night to all. We are the Cradle and the Convert. We'll catch you again. Peace.